There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And it's great to be back with you for yet another week. Um, before I introduce you to my, uh, my great guest today, uh, my good friend Roger Masterson, uh, we're gonna, I just wanted to say a, a big thank you to Alex Owen Hill, who was on the show last week and talking about how to find your business voice. And I do hope wherever you're watching this from or listening to this um, on the Voice America audio, uh, that uh, that you're okay, that you're uh, keeping yourself upbeat and positive, and that you're able to um, manage things uh, at the moment, such that you can uh, be in a better place um, when there's these lockdowns and things uh, occur. Interesting, interesting times, of course. And and we're going to talk today around um, growth, but also gratitude. And you know, when times are tough, how do you how do you find and how do you access that? Uh, that gratitude and that positive thinking such that it drives you on to uh, be able to step up and be successful. I'm, I'm realizing at the moment I'm, I'm, I help uh, leaders to develop themselves and their people and their teams and build really engaging companies. And I'm working with a lot of clients at the moment. So I'm noticing that some of them are kind of at effect with the world right now and are struggling with the, with the, pandemic kind of mentally and what's happening with their businesses um, are, are struggling more so than those who are keeping a really positive attitude and, and, are, and are you know working on themselves each day, being grateful and just looking at what can I do to move forward and getting, getting creative. And I'm seeing a, a real difference. Some people are thriving right now um, while uh, as others in the same industry are not. And I think some of that comes down to mindset. So I'm sure my guest today will give us some thoughts on that. Now, Roger Masterson was last on the show six years ago. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's got a big reputation for helping business owners to think differently. In fact, he's quite a, he's quite a disruptive thinker in many ways. And he's the founder of Celtic Castles. It's an award-winning Yorkshire-based uh, castle um, booking company. And um, he's known affectionately as the Castle Man. I had a slightly funny story. I mentioned this in the description in that uh, I had a very big birthday for my wife. It was, uh, she, turned, she turned 50. She might tell me off if she listened to this now for saying that, but she, she had a big birthday in, in September, October, sorry, last year. And uh, as a treat, she said to me, you know, I want to be, I want to hide away somewhere. So I thought a, a castle would be a good idea. I approached Roger and he suggested this nice little um, boutique castle, not too expensive, but in a beautiful place in Scotland. So we had this treat of a week. And my youngest son, we were sitting watching an episode of a program called Grand Designs. And my youngest son said to me, Dad, Dad, um, who, who did you book this from? And I said, it was him. And Roger appeared on the television, 
on grand designs at that very minute. So it was quite um, strange, but it shows the sort of profile of the man. And when it comes to castles, there's no one who stayed in a castle uh, more than Roger. So it's not a surprise that he appears on these TV programs. He's a keen gardener, a, a skier, hill walker, and a brilliant photographer and a, and a family, good, good family man. So Roger, pleasure to talk to you again. How are you? Lovely to be back, Chris. Great to see you again. Excellent. I love your backdrop as well. You've got a, a nice castle uh, behind you. Where's that well, one? This castle is called Lismore Castle, and it's owned by the Duke of Devonshire. Um, and it's a beautiful, uh, huge castle on, on the, uh, the banks of the River Blackwater. So uh, I always love staying there. And it's just, it's like Harry Potter in real life. It looks, it looks amazing. And I mean, it sounds very privileged talking about castles and I feel a sense of a slight sense of guilt that I actually was actually able to to hire one for a week uh, considering my my very uh, non-privileged uh, northern working class sort of background uh, you know Roger was uh, did you know did you did you come from a very privileged background or um, was life for you a bit more more challenging I had an interesting start in life but um, you know I, I, as a teenager um, I, I well I started working at the age of 10 um, so I've always you know worked hard fended for myself looked after myself and taken responsibility but um, at the age of 16 sadly we lost our home and I was homeless for a period of time that was due to a business failure um, I've uh, lost a business or a couple of businesses before so you know Life, life's not about being easy. It's, it has its ups and downs. But one of the key things with all of this stuff, it's the learning from it. It's the, it's the mindset, which you touched on earlier on, um, and how you get through these things. But, you know, there are many down times as well as up times. And I, and I think that is just the journey that we all go through. Yeah, so you've, so you've had that experience then of the, you know, the rug being pulled from under you, you know, a little like this, the, the world right now where, where people, you know, some people have predicted something like this could could happen, but but the landscape's completely changed. So you you you, you lost uh, your home. I imagine at sixteen that was was that a parents' business, was it? It, it was, mm-hmm. um, and I can remember to this day standing at the fence with my neighbour in tears as we left this house, not fully understanding what it was all about at the time. But uh, why I ever wanted to set a business up after that, I have no idea. But I've always had this urge to want to, to do something myself and, and just kept at that. But um, no, it, it was a very difficult time. And I can remember going into school, putting a smile on my face. Um, I used to work a night shift um, and then go in and sleep in my free periods at school and all the juggling of being on a bicycle, getting yourself cleaned, etc., cetera, and, and all the rest of it. But hard work paid off. That uh, sort of work ethic has certainly, you know, helped me through everything that I've done in my life, you know, and there have been times, you know, where buying a ream of paper was my retail therapy for the month. And I've been in situations where I haven't been able to pay bills um, and I've got to get creative and, you know, find ways to do that. So uh, that that's all part of building character, I think, Chris, and, and, and you will have experienced stuff like that as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I've not, not experienced being being homeless though so i mean i've experienced things like the remember the 
um, steel working. So the, the coal mining strike in the United Kingdom when uh-huh. lots of people went out and my dad was a steel worker and, um, you know, they found it hard to make ends meet and he worked double shifts just so we could have a holiday. Uh, and, you know, when the, the steel workers came out with the miners, you know, in sympathy and then, you know, there were picket lines and, you know, dad was, was, was stopping at home and the income income had stopped and they were worried and you felt the anxiety in the house. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt that in fact, not really talked about that much, but, but that um, just comes up for me now, really. It was a, a tough time. Yeah. Well, I can remember when uh, my, my father, he became an alcoholic as a result of this business stress. And uh, that was a horrendous thing to go through as well. Um, you know, what, watching him struggle and trying to figure out a way through, and I think one of the things I learned there was he wasn't talking to anybody. He didn't have a network of friends, etc. And when he did lose everything, a, a really strong lesson in life for me was that all of the friends that he'd had weren't around to support him. He'd, uh, you know, he'd been pushed aside, and I find that really, really sad. Mm. It's a funny. It's a funny thing that isn't in. Uh... It, it, it seems to be almost a British thing. I think in America, you know, you, you, you have a failed business, I believe, and you've almost like, you know, cut your teeth because then you can then go on and create a, a, a you know, a, a great business. But over True. here, yes. you, know, it, it's, um, you know, your whole persona can be linked with that failure. And uh, absolutely. And can crumble. Yeah. Although I, I see the failure element as a great learning opportunity. It's not a pleasant thing to go through. And for one of these businesses, it took me two years to sort out all the issues and the debts that were in it and whatnot. But um, I can remember one situation where we owed somebody £235, a guy called John Shule, and he ran an AV company. And it took me four years to get that payment to him. But I was so chuffed to have that last payment paid through. And he came back to me, he wrote me a beautiful letter. I wish I kept it, actually. Um, but that just really meant a lot that, you know, I'd, I'd thought enough about him to make sure that he got that payment eventually. He'd written it off and wasn't expecting it. But uh, as far as I was concerned, I was happy that that debt was then cleared. Yes, so you, you experienced that failure with your business when you were a 16-year-old and it, it led to, to your dad kind of drinking and not having the support around him. And then, then you go through that experience yourself mm. uh, with your own business. Um, was there not a message there that said, maybe you should go and get a job? <laughs> <laughs> there were probably lots of messages there, some of which I, I wasn't listening to. Um, no, I, I think for me, it was, it was that determination of, of taking, the, taking on the responsibility, not walking away from it, but believing and, and trying to find that belief. I mean, I can remember my wife looking at me with one business, and I think I was earning 34 PNR and working 20 hours a day. And she just thought I was absolutely bonkers. And um, as it turned out, all the learning through that painful period has come back you know, tenfold to help me make decisions and grow what we've got today. And if I hadn't done that, and I'm not suggesting everybody does it because it is a bit mental, but if I hadn't done that, um, I wouldn't have got to where I am now. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful for those experiences. And I do believe that I am who I am today because of everything I've gone through and what I experienced as a child. And and, and is it some... I mean, some people describe it almost when you go through these experiences, a test, you know, a test of your, your metal. And either you can use that information to develop and grow or, and, and uh, you know, kind of 
I call it elevate, or you alternatively, you can allow yourself to go down into a pit. But actually, it may be that um, it's better to make have those experiences when maybe a, bus- a business isn't so significant with lots of people involved and mm. you learn. And then the next time you've got that wisdom uh, that can see you through. Yes, no, no, definitely, definitely. But, you know, if you're prepared to open up that learning and accept it for what it is uh, and be able to use it forward, you don't want to go and make the same mistake twice, um, then you are taking steps forward. And, and that's, a, that's a plus for, for anybody. So tell, tell us a bit about Celtic castles. I mean, that wasn't your – castles weren't your, your background. You weren't brought up in a castle. You might maybe have played with them as a child, perhaps. Um, but where, where, did, where did castles come from and, and uh, how did Celtic castles develop and how did you gain this persona of being the castle man? It, it all started, I think, as a, as a 10-year-old. I was working in a petrol station and learned about service. And, um, you know, I'd set a couple of small businesses up as a teenager. I had, was quite successful, sold one, um, but then thought I better get a proper job. And uh, as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from Northern Ireland. I was brought up in Belfast. Um, and to get a job, I had to leave the island. So uh, I went into retail management with Marks & Spencer. Again, the big focus on service, learned a lot working for them uh, and worked at home and abroad with them, opening up new stores on the commercial side. And ended up in Scotland and um, was about to be moved back down to London. And I just thought, no, I quite like Scotland. So changed jobs and went into the publishing world. So uh, learned a lot there, newspapers, magazines, etc. The internet came along and I said to all the journalists, we need to you know, think differently here. This is going to be massive. It's going to change everything we do. And nobody was listening to me. So I went off and set an internet company up and learned a lot about, you know, websites, marketing online, etc. And we set a, a product up that was retailing and tourism. Now, I had not worked in tourism before, but as far as I was concerned, this is customer service. And um, we developed a really large site. And one day I'd seen an ad in the Times uh, for Crofts and Castles. And I thought, oh, this looks interesting. Sent off for this lovely brochure that came through. There were no Crofts in it. And a Croft is a little cottage, you know, on a coastline with a thatched roof or whatever. Uh, It was full of bungalows, modern houses. And there were two castles in it that really you wouldn't want to have stayed in. Uh, But I just started to ask the question, where would somebody find a castle to stay in? Spent 18 months getting all the tourist board brochures from Scotland because I just at that time thought, well, there's castles in Scotland and find four that were advertising. Now, we had this high-traffic website that was doing very well. We put the castles on, and uh, within three hours, a chap in New York filled a form in, and I thought, oh, what do I do now? So I phoned up the castle. Have you got a room? Yes. Sent the details over to the client, and he just pinged his credit card details back, and then I thought, blimey, now what do I do? (laughs) So I phoned up. I made the booking, and at the end of the call, I just said, normal agent's commission. And they said, yeah, that's fine. Put the phone down and wondered what the heck I just asked. So in four months, we gave these four castles more business than they'd ever seen. Um, and our objective at the start was to be quick, have historical information about the castles, really get to know them well, get to know the owners, sell at the same price because we knew the internet was going to disrupt the travel industry and um, just develop this relationship. And that model we've used all the way through. And as we built the business, and we built it one castle at a time, we didn't go to these castles and say, oh, you must be on Celtic castles. We weren't doing any hard sales. 
they had to find us first because what we found with the first internet business was we were ahead of the curve and we were trying to explain to them how to put the router in and get their emails through as opposed to marketing online, which is what we were all about. And um, we waited for castles to get online, understand the internet, then find us because we were at the top of the search engines and then say, oh, can we be part of your service? And we'd vetted them and we'd been to them beforehand. So we knew more about the castles than they thought we did. And um, we were able to, you know, pick the ones that we wanted to work with. Excellent. Well, we're going to get go to commercial break now, and af- after the break, we'll we'll talk about that um, that relationship between between growth and gratitude, and maybe we'll get into you know some of your your tips on on both. Really, how do we maintain? Should be probably gratitude and growth. Really, how do we maintain this? positive energy such that we can kind of grow both personally and our businesses during this time with any any top tips you've got so we're back again with everybody in just a couple of minutes when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Roger, the castle man. And uh, in the break, we were just talking about ghost stories. Um, it, it is an intention that uh, I'll be putting, we're also videoing this as well, so I'm, that I'll be putting content onto YouTube. Um, I, I've got to be honest, I'm not great at doing that, so I'm uh, looking to uh, have somebody help me at the moment. Um, but when that comes up, you might want to check it out and have a, have a watch of this as well as a listen, because uh, uh, we had a great story about... Uh, um, about uh, you sharing a room with an actress, a famous actress, but it yes, wasn't on a different night, though, wasn't not it? On the, not at the same time, <laughs> yes. Myself and Helen Mirren, we have something in common. 
<laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about uh, about this this concepts of gratitude and and growth. I mean, how can um, how can gratitude in particular do you think help us right now? When I know I know and I know your your business, you're in the hospitality sector, and and actually you're you're on something of a hiatus at the moment, aren't you? With and so you're in another situation whereby you're having to hold your nerve and and think and and plan. How are you? How's how's the pandemic impacting you? And how is uh, is being grateful helping you? Uh, well, as as you can imagine, hospitality everything has been stopped basically, um, and we can't do a lot, and we have no dates to know when we can do something. So it, it's a huge challenge, and we've had all the stop start in between, which I know a lot of people have experienced. Um, and there's a lot of frustration with that. And, and the business does need support, but this is not the forum to, 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 to go into that. But, but gratitude itself for, for me starts with a simple thank you. Um, and f- for me, it's also about creating time to allow you to stop. Now, I thought what was quite fascinating through the early parts of the first lockdown was people did stop. And they started to hear things like birdsong. And when you do stop, you can then start to reflect on, you know, what we should be grateful for, the simple things in life. And and I do look at this as the simple things. We've got a roof over our heads. You know, we've got food on the table. We've got running water and we've, we've, you know, we've got heating. So, you know, if we just start off with those basics, that's more than so many people in the world have. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Gratitude um, is is just stopping and, and 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 reflecting in my in my world anyway, and it's little things. I mean, just to create that time, possibly. And, and and I heard somebody just say this: just get up at a different time in the day. You know, get up ten minutes earlier, ten minutes later, have something different to eat as opposed to the routine that we all have. Because when we're in a routine, it just becomes the norm. And if you can create those moments where you can stop. I mean, I love getting up at five o'clock in the morning in the summer, a cup of tea in the back garden and just sitting there. Yeah. You know, I call it my swing time, but um, just sitting there and stopping. Yeah. Just like that. And you bring stuff in. Um, another thing that gratitude does, and, and I've got a lovely example um, that, that we experience quite a lot obviously we've got a website that's that's showing off castles etc now customers have the choice to come to us or, or go directly to the to the castle property and um we get situations where the castle will phone up and and they picked up in the conversations with the customer that uh, the client has found their castle on celtic castles and they just say can you bill us for the money that they're spending because we work on a sort of commission basis and that gratitude from them reflects itself in so many different ways. It creates trust. Um, it develops the relationship. It puts them to the top of the pile. And we want to work even harder for them because, you know, they've shared a little bit because they've appreciated what we've done. Mm-hmm. And you also see the reverse of that. If you, you know, keep everything to yourself, uh, you know, you're, you're not showing that gratitude to others. And it's all about, you know, selfishness and, and holding it all, then, you know, if that is through your business and through your life, it's, it's not a good place to be. And, you know, I've experienced, you know, 
businesses and, and castle properties that, that had that sort of attitude. And they're now not in business as a result of that because it sort of filters all the way through. So this gratefulness, when it's shared and it's shared genuinely, then I think just helps everybody. And it comes back to reward in so many different ways. Um, and, and I have a very simple view on it, but it is, it's just stopping. And, and, and I come back to that thank you. That thank you is, is, is a key thing. And, and we're hearing less of that as we, as, as, as we go through life. But yeah. One of the things I think you do really well, Roger, which I'm sure you know, brings gratitude from, from your clients. If people have a look at the – I'd recommend that people all go and have a look at the CelticCastles.com site. And, and I'm saying this because I think it's a really good example of um, – adding value. So, you know, Rogers is explained is kind of an intermediary, but what, it's what Rogers done. Rogers uh, a photographer and loves, loves photography. So he's taken the most beautiful shots of these castles. And not only that, he's also created um, little videos on each of the castles where Rogers there uh, ex- as the castle man's explaining about the history and the stories behind each of the castles and, you know, what it's like to stay there. So he helps, create um, an experience um, before you even book. And so you get a sense of what that experience is going to be like. And I would imagine the castles are very grateful for that. So you bring a, a marketing ability, which is honest and high integrity, which actually helps people to, to book uh, more so than maybe just a picture in a, a brochure or a, you know, a, you know, a website that somebody might have pulled together or cobbled together for their castle. Yeah, I think from our point of view, it's that knowledge. We know the owners, we know the teams that run them. We can we can help people find the right castle, and we can really you know pinpoint the few to choose from, depending on their requirements. But you know, we we, we talk about gratitude. I uh, met a, a photographer in Canada, funny enough, online, Mark Olivier, and uh, he's a lovely chap, and he's just passionate about photography himself. And you you touched on that before. Yes, I take a few pictures, but this guy's got a fantastic gift and he was desperate to come over and he he actually gives up his holidays to come over and I facilitated him to get into the properties meet the owners and whatnot and we benefit from the photography and the video and we've we've developed a very close relationship but he he comes and he doesn't charge the properties for his time and everything else and he does all of this free up front and if they want to then buy the buy the photographs afterwards, they have it. So it's 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 you know no risk at all to the properties. But his photography is so good, they buy the images. And um, I've said to him, he wants to come over and relocate in the UK. Um, and I've said, listen, if you want office space, it's free. You can use our office and be based here. Uh, we are working on some other projects together. But you know, for somebody to give up their time and their holidays to follow a passion. And I do believe he will get over here and, you know, he's won some awards with these images. He's developing relationships with these owners as well. It's a privilege to be able to facilitate that. And he's feeling grateful. I'm grateful because I've got the images and there's another string to my bow in effect, because if somebody needs photography, I've got an expert on the doorstep. Well, not quite on the doorstep, but maybe in the future he will be. Brilliant. I mean, you're you're a wonderful route into the castles and and he's developing a real niche actually, isn't he? Absolutely. Of castle castle photography as well to base his career. And if if also, you know, uh, like, you know, myself, I I was just, you, you, you very kindly 
once took us to a lovely um, country estate called Springkeld. Uh-huh. Didn't you? And we met the owners and we, we, they were very kind and let us stop over and had a lovely, lovely insight into uh, the, the, the lives of, of people who own these, um, these amazing buildings and the legacy that, and the challenges that they have. And so we, we stopped over and I, I absolutely love that because I love history and, uh, but that, and I love people and I love stories. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a wonderful gift that you, that you, you know, we, we tried to help the, 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 while we're there, but that was a wonderful gift you gave me actually that experience of, uh, of uh, going into that environment that I wouldn't normally have a chance to unless uh, I pay for a room, you know. No, indeed. And that's why sometimes I have to pinch myself because I do get access backstage. I do meet these people and I sit around the table with them. Um, and that's not normal uh, from where I come from. So it, it is a privilege. And then when you can share that with customers, and for me, actually, it's when we get the castles right for the customer and we get the feedback back. That's, that's what I buzz about, you know. Uh, it's the service that our team offer, uh, and then it's the feedback after they've stayed at the castle. That, that's the bit that tickles me in this business process. And because of the market, people have a great time and, and they share great comments. It's lovely. Yeah, we should, uh, we should give them a mention. I'm, I'm, I'm the owners of Springkill. That's been Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, Springkill. So be, that will be James. Yeah. Uh, James, yeah, James's family. They were lovely. And yeah, were James lovely. and Rachel. And, and, you know, I get to know them personally. I've been on a couple of motorcycle trips with James as well. Um, you know, if I'm popping by, I'll pop in for a cup of tea. But, you know, we got his background story, the challenges that he has, even though it's a huge, big property. You know, he has the same challenges that we have in our normal homes. Uh, it's just his are on a larger scale and he's got to look at it commercially. And he was the, you know, the only sibling who wanted to take that project on to get the place rebuilt again and get it functioning so that it could pay for itself. And it sounds very glamorous, doesn't it? Uh, having, you know, being in a family and maybe being a, a baron or someone like that in the, in the family. But actually, these, these structures, there might be amazing places to visit, but they, they require huge sums of money, don't they, to keep them in good shape and it was it was eye-opening to, for me to see James and the family you know they mm. very kindly gave me a, a room with a four-poster bed and in their bed basically down in the basement yeah, yeah. It, it has improved since then they, they, they've managed with finances over the years to, to, to get their standard of living up a bit as well but yeah people don't realize what's going on behind the scenes but these properties uh, and these inheritances in some instances are big responsibilities and there's lots of people that you know, have this thought and romantic idea of staying in a castle, um, but they've not actually sat back and worked out how much it costs. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's so. Tell us, um, so to, to this whole area of gratitude. I'm, I'm, what I'm loving in these these stories, and you know, there's 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 this synergistic, complementary relationship with with gratitude, isn't there? That. You know, the, the story that you gave there of the, of the photographer and that relation that you've developed where he's grateful to you, you're grateful to, to them. The, this example with, with James and his family at Springkeld, you know, they looked after us uh, and, uh, you know, five years, four years on, we're talking about them because of, uh, so, so where, where you give, you often, you often gain, don't you? You don't often know, know when, but, um, but there is that, there is that importance, I think, isn't there, to keep on giving and uh, and being grateful for what you have, uh, and almost creating this this energy, which ultimately 
can come back and help you. And I guess particularly when maybe times are tough and you need to need to um, you know maybe get out of a difficult hole or um, or want some help to grow your business. Yeah, I, I, I see it as sharing. Uh, I mean, even in our business, I don't talk about us selling. I talk us. I talk about us sharing, sharing our knowledge. Um, and you know, if it's if it's a castle or another business, I mean, I, I had a lovely situation recently where I was on a Zoom call and uh, a chap called David Cole um, wanted to connect afterwards. David and I then did a one to one, and and he had questions. You know, he wanted to to to, to get some answers and, and and learn a bit more. And we've developed a relationship on the back of that now. I'm sure there'll be some business stuff or opportunities that will come from that. And I come back to time because, you know, a lot of people in their businesses are having to manage and work, you know, at the coalface. But if you can get a situation where you can actually step back and almost have that helicopter view and not have that time sucking, uh, you know, on the operational side, then that gives you that space to go and spend time with other people and learn more. Um, and I'm, I love going into other businesses to see what they do. And I love having people into our business to show what we're doing because they might just say something, or, oh, have you thought of this or have you thought of that? And that mixing of ideas can help spur on the next level of interest. So what you're saying at the moment, where maybe in a situation where maybe, maybe some of our businesses are on hold, uh, to a certain extent, is it a good time to maybe think more and learn more rather than feel you've got to do more? Uh, I think any business owner should think more than do. Um, I, I call it, you heard me mention earlier on, the swing time. Um, create space away from the business um, where you can just sit and think through and, and work um, with the ideas that you have um, and, and look for inspiration and creativity in, in other areas. Um, the whole element of leading a business is having that focus and foresight into what the business looks like five years down the line. It's not about being operational. Yes, if you have to dive in and do it, that's also a good thing, but do it for short bursts so you can improve process. So you can just check that, you know, what's going on is the right thing. Be a customer in effect. But um, yeah, create that space and time. And uh, my, mine is on the swing um, in all weathers. And uh, it is just creating that space to think about, oh, could we do this better? Could we do that better? Or I've read this or I've seen that. Uh, and how do we bring that in? And that can lead to lots of interesting stuff, collaboration, you know, new knowledge, don't stop learning, keep pulling out ideas, and then challenge those within the business itself. Yeah, yeah. I've certainly, I've certainly found myself over the last year, I mean, in March last year, a uh, number of my clients put my work on hold, and it looked like a start of a very, a very good, stable year, mm-hmm. a growing year for me, and then... And then I actually had to do when when that happened. I had to do a lot of thinking, um, and uh, that the actually the world being put a bit on pause gave me actually a bit more thinking space and uh-huh. uh, enabled me to think and adjust. And and actually, I ended up with 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 quite a good year, really, to to what I might have expected. But the the opportunity it gave me to think and, and be a bit yes really helped. It's been really helpful, really helpful. And I, I don't know. I find it a very fascinating year of growth but you've got to also be prepared to look for that learning i think yeah um, 
and, and be able to look to help others and then you get that knowledge and wisdom back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we started the year very, very strongly and then it just evaporated totally. And I must admit, I did struggle with this at the start. I got very down with it. I took on board all the cancellations and I'd seen, you know, two years work just uh, cancelled um, and all the challenges that that brought. And it got to a point where I had to stop doing that. Uh, and I've not got involved in it in the third wave at all. But um, I, I took a step out. Uh, I did. I worked in the morning, did the paperwork and then... Um, went into the garden. I started woodwork, making bird boxes. I've redesigned the garden. I've learned how to dry stone wall, lay paths, etc. And funny enough, just by doing all those different things, that started to bring the creativity back. I joined, uh, you know, we talk about giving stuff. I joined a, a super uh, Facebook group uh, called The Floral Project, where you grow from seed uh, flowers and then you give the flowers away yeah. and um, you know the look on people's faces when they get a bunch of flowers just out of the blue is gorgeous and it's a, you know if anybody's into gardening and whatnot the floral project on Facebook is worth getting involved in yeah. but um, that whole regeneration and, uh, and and focus away from the business but doing creative stuff then allowed me to bring creativity back into the business so as a result we've changed some of our business models um, we've invested in the technology behind the scenes and we've also expanded our offering. So little things like we've introduced an introducers uh, facility where people can recommend, you know, our particular castles to their friends or whatever. And, you know, they get a little bit of a kickback on that. Um, we've expanded our portfolio and I was looking to have castle experts in countries and we've decided let's reverse that let's go into the countries and get the business started so we've now gone into other countries and as a result then we'll look for a castle expert within those countries once we've got business developed and we've automated all of that so when the world starts to open up again two things one we've covered the staycation market in these different countries because people can't travel and two when it does open up and people do travel that will all be in place, ready to get people who can specialize in those specific countries. So, you know, Fantastic. from the hard time and the anxiety of, oh, my goodness, what's happening to the business? Are we going to lose this? We've used that in a very positive way and brought that creativity back in. And I did struggle at the start, but I cannot wait till things start to open up again. Fantastic. Great. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again now. And after the commercial break, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, – well, should, should, we, should we be worrying about the money and things like that right now? Uh, and um, yeah, dif dif different aspects of uh, and ideas of growth. But thanks for that, Roger. That was really fascinating insight to how you kind of dealt with this. And, and actually, the, as, as, as a result of the thinkings, the sort of tangible actions you've taken to strengthen your business for the future and, uh, and develop it. So we're back again with everybody in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Roger the Castle Man from Celtic Castles. And we were in, in the break. We had uh, another ghost story from, uh, from Roger. Um, lots of, lots of uh, ghouly activity going, ghouls going on. <laughs> that didn't sound good, did it? <laughs> activity going on um, in some of those, uh, some of those castles. Um, I kind of, uh, I mean, one of the things I've, I'm feeling a bit myself in the break, Roger, that's uh, in this, I say break this period that we've had, I found very, very helpful is actually to have a really good clear out at home. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, you could see my, my office behind me here is nice and tidy with nice, nice pictures on the walls. And just the act of clearing out, took a couple of desks out of here and a, a bookcase out of here. And I've got all this space and a comfy chair now. And I just feel organized. And so I'm, I'm loving the space that I'm in as well as it's a bit cold for the garden at the moment, but by doing these things around the home, that seems to have also freed up my creativity and and allowed me more more capacity by letting things go. More things, more you know, more things seem to come in in terms of ideas. And I I would totally agree, Chris. I think you know, a tidy desk is a tidy mind. Um, we have a lot of clutter in our lives in lots of different areas, and to have a clear out is a very very positive and cathartic thing to do. Um, it doesn't just clear the space, it clears the mind also. I think as well, um, and I've been guilty of this, you know, you've got loads of papers around your desk, loads of stuff going on. You know, if you just come back to one thing and just say, I'm going to do three things today and do them well, then you'll achieve so much more. I mean, uh, I've read a book, you know, it's where it was just do one thing and, uh, and, and get it done and dusted. So, it's surprising that you get through a lot and, and I struggle with, Oh, I'll just do three things, but you become more productive uh, by sort of honing in on, on, on those key Sweet, activities yeah. really. So are you familiar with three by three by three? I've not come across that. No, but I can, I can already, you know, picture how beneficial that would be. So three, three things you're grateful for. The beginning yeah. of today. Uh, three things you're going to achieve today. And, and three things that you're pleased with that you achieved yesterday. Brilliant, yeah. Um, so, so you know, that, that uh, doing that every day, I was, uh, it was actually um, Stefan Wiesenbach, we've had on the show before, uh, from Engagement Multiplier. He, he first shared that with me, and, uh-huh. and he, he sees that as being a, a fundamentally big impact on why their business has been so successful, just keeping the, 
you know, looking after the mind, getting focused on those three things each day, but also um, acknowledging yourself for the progress you're making because we miss that, don't we, sometimes? I, I love that. I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow that as well. Um, one thing that we do in the business, actually, is we do recognition of another as well. So, you know, that's the team sharing, you know, their successes through someone else and just praising that. So that's, that's a very, very nice technique to use from a team building and just an appreciation point of view of what's going on. I think, I think that's really important. I, I learned many years ago really to do that. So, you know, I mentioned three by three by three. I could have yeah. shared that as though it was my idea, but actually I heard that from Stefan. So yeah. I've given Stefan the credit and, you know, whether Stefan will get to hear about that, I don't know, but actually it, it's a respect of gratitude that it came from somebody else to acknowledge them, I think. And I mean, recognition schemes are like that, aren't they? People, yes. if things go well, look through the window and give praise to other people. If it goes badly, look in the mirror and ask, how, what could I have done to improve things? Absolutely, uh, yeah. Before pointing the, before pointing the finger. Uh, now, um, do we, should we be worried about um, right now, you know, about about cash flow and money if, if when things get tight. I mean, what is there a point where that just becomes irrespective of all this nice thinking, you've just got to get on top of that? Or because it can be that that's the thing people really start to worry about. It's a bit like you mentioned there with all the bookings, wonderful year ahead and all the bookings suddenly, you know, the rugs pulled from under your yeah. feet. Yeah, uh, I, I think as a business, cash flow is, is one of the most critical measurement criteria. And um, sadly, you know, we are going to lose a lot of businesses through this pandemic. Um, and a lot of it will be linked to cash flow. There's a lot of good businesses that will go under. Um, I can remember our accountant saying, yeah, take the money out, take the money out. And I've always kept quite a high provision in the business. And I'm thankful now that I, I have done that um, because that will carry us through. And very much we do not want to become a victim of COVID. But um, yeah, cash flow is, is key and reinvesting where you can in your business is, is such an important element. But that, that is the number one. That is the number one. And obviously, you know, if you've got invoices out there and you're not chasing them, that's going to leave you vulnerable. Um, yes, you've got to create the sales, but you've got to get the cash in at the right time. I was just, um, so I got distracted just now. I got a little note up saying connect to a power, power outlet. It was just one of these things that flash up and I'm connected to a power outlet. But um, so everything's fine here. I didn't want the the interview to disappear but it's that actually that cash flow is the power is the electricity isn't it yes it's, absolutely you've got, to, you've got to keep that flowing haven't you some yeah. way even if you're borrowing a bit just just to uh, help you through well the, the government have been absolutely fantastic in how they've supported businesses in the uk um uh, yes there are people and businesses that have fallen through the cracks but they can't cover everything um but you know when you look at other countries you know we're by far leading you know that's that support I think what businesses have to be very careful about is, you know, you've, you've had people who have been off for a year working from home, potentially, maybe not even working from home, being on furlough. Um, as I look around, I see people's curtains opening later and later in the morning. We, we need to open businesses again softly. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be let back in to, to moving around, I, I'm sure, in a phased stage. But you know, we've, we've got to have soft launches uh, to get people back in and, and, and working. There's going to be a lot of anxiety out there of coming back to an office or, you know, into, you know, a, a service space. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how we come out of this. 
Yes, and what, what uh, long, long standing, you know, what changes there there are because certainly people have realised they can very effectively yeah. work from home, finding it very efficient at the moment, not to have to get in the car and drive long distances. Yeah, well, that's a big plus, and and that's obviously generated a lot of potential um, spending power when things do open back up. I think also what's been encouraging, and, and you know, we we do use remote working and have done in the business, but what has been encouraging is that employers and companies have now got the confidence to trust their teams uh, working from home. And um, I, I see there's going to be a little bit of balancing off. People want to be around people. I, I can't wait till we get everybody back in the office. But, um, you know, people want to be around people, but they also want flexibility depending on what stage of life they're at. And um, I was I was uh, with someone yesterday and they were talking about that the younger uh, generation do want to be together. They don't want to be working from home. Yet when you get into, you know, a family scenario and you've got childcare to, to balance, that flexibility becomes more important. Yeah, and yeah. Absolutely. No, it's going to be... Can be absolutely fascinating in how we we come out of this. I was talking this morning with um, with uh, a an important client of mine, and we were chatting about a a large retail complex. You know, they're gonna they're gonna come out of this probably with about twenty five percent vacancy. Yes, um, because of the companies that have have, uh, have gone under already, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to ultimately mean you know a big a big cash flow hole for them, but actually some of that space may never be because because of the online uh, amount of online retail that's being done. It may need to be changed into other things. So it might need to be, you know, changed into, I don't know, you could end up with a, a car park that becomes a, a beautiful garden that people can visit. Indeed. And, and, uh, you know, it could be all sorts of different things that could have to come out to utilize those spaces in a different way. Yeah. As an ex-retailer, I'm actually quite excited to see how the high street will morph into this new environment. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a mix of lots of different stuff, but it'll become much more of a social space and an experience space with, with bits of, I think, uh, you know, very specialized retail dotted around and all the, 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 the large stuff and the large stores will all be done online. But this will become a more interesting environment. Uh, it might take 20 years for that to morph, but I'm quite energised by that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There, there will be some will be some positive change right there, and hopefully, hopefully, um, people will get their minds a bit on what's truly important with regards to the planet and sustainability, yeah. and regeneration, and all that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. It's not it's not all bad, but it's uh, it, it it is tough. It is tough for many. I'm certainly realising with some of the people that I I talk to and support. Uh, that uh, they've got a myriad of a lot of people have got a myriad of problems right now, and and it's not not easy for for everybody. So um, if you if, if things are okay for you at the moment, you've got to feel that gratitude really. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. so I know we've just got a couple of minutes left, but I know you're 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 a mentor. You mentor businesses in terms of their developments uh, and and support. Uh, so so do I. I know we both. Uh, you know, I, I certainly invest in mentors as well. Is that something? It's, I don't want to make this sound like a sales pitch. I'm just saying for anybody who's out there, we can't help everybody, that's for sure. Um, but is, is having finding good mentors right now important? I think anybody that you can bounce ideas off are great. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a mentor structure. It just could be another business, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, I think the mentoring side of things is to check in. You know, um, 
you can clarify, it's somebody you could speak to and, and, and voice your ideas out loud. It's all right thinking about them in here, but as you start to talk to them and uh, talk about them and try and explain it, if you've got another pair of ears there listening and challenging what you're what you're thinking about, I think that's got to be a positive. Um, that can be, you know, in a formal mentoring structure, it could be over a cup of coffee with another business owner, you know, there's that flow of ideas and, and, and stuff will come out. David Cole, the guy that I mentioned earlier on on LinkedIn, you know, he wanted some answers. He wanted an opinion and, 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 and he was forthright. And, and we had a fantastic session together. Um, that was mentoring, really. Uh, and it was mentoring for both of us in a different way. We were learning about each other and he was getting some answers from my experience. But everyone's had a problem and an issue. They, we all just have them at different times and different people solve them in different ways. So that's sharing and caring makes a difference yeah do and, and finding people who've been through these kinds of experiences mm. before is very very helpful isn't it to help you navigate when we have challenge we've got only got a minute left so final final message we need to wrap up okay well i suppose swing time smile and compliments um give compliments compliments are are, are a mood enhancer i think for others um, but also um as a giver uh, you know as a giver but as a receiver never not take the compliment just say thank you excellent well roger thank you it's been a absolute pleasure talking to you as always i love our time together and um always learn something so thank you for joining us hope you enjoyed being on the show today it's been lovely thanks very much for your time and uh i hope some of these uh, just picked up a gem from our discussion yeah. Excellent. Well, go and check out CelticCastles.com. And if you want to contact Roger for something, you, I'm sure you can do that via, um, via that website. He's got some great, great, very attentive um, staff as well. If you put a, a message in there in their kind of message box um, on next week's show, it's actually we're celebrating the 400th unique episode of the business elevation show. So we're in our 10th year and uh, we, might, there might have been a few more than that. I'm not quite sure. But in my, on my spreadsheet, we realized that we, we definitely have um, hit 400 next week. I'm going to be interviewed myself by Karen Wilson-Starks, a wonderful lady. Um, I, I, she's a leadership expert. She's got a voice like, reminds me of Oprah Winfrey. She's got an amazing uh, voice. And I asked her to be on the show. It happened to be this particular episode we booked. So then we realized, actually, she said, well, could I interview you? Because if, uh, we've had 400 shows over 400 guests you've been doing this for 10 years you must have a few thoughts and ideas about the world and uh, that you can share from all that all that wisdom that you've had the privilege to engage with so i'm going to share some of my thoughts and um hosted by karen next week uh, which i hope will be will aim at being helpful for people to to step up make this year count utilize this time well and uh, and i'm sure um and add as much value as we possibly can um so I'll, I'll delve back into the archives of my thinking and i'll be back with you again next week big thank you again to roger and and do take care any questions comments chris at chriscooper.co.uk always pleased to hear from you we thank you for listening to the chris cooper business elevation show Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.